You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, joined once again by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, the heat wave seems to be over in Kansas City, and now here comes the floods. So grab two of each animal. <laughs> right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to have some arc. rain for a little while, looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it's a rainy time in Kansas City, and it's a long time for us to finally get to the regular season though and this is a, a happy and a sad thing for us writers the nfl opening night which is kansas city versus the detroit lions is now 99 days away you know how you know how i know that because all of the nfl newsbreakers one after another once they saw each other doing it wrote 100 days till the start of the nfl season yesterday john how do you feel about that uh, we are within well, double digits I'm glad I didn't have to write the 100 things you need to know before the 100 days. I think season. we used to do that, right? Didn't really? we used to do that back in the day? Oh, AP? man. It looked like 5,000 words, man. It was ridiculous. <laughs> well, the defending Super Bowl champions will be opening up against the Detroit Lions 99 days away. We'll get you ready on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We got a, a couple shows left here. Me and Steve, we're, we're working on this schedule, so... We are going today, even though there is media and viewing of OTAs, which will be day six tomorrow. Right now, they're going through day five at the facility. We get one day a week. Next week, we will be going on, um, I believe we said Friday. And then the week after, we will also be Friday. And then we will take our yearly editor's show break. So after we get through mandatory minicamp, we'll react to mandatory minicamp. That'll be on that Friday. I believe that's the the 16th. The 16th, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we are we are done until a training camp preview the, the week before training camp. This is something we do every, every week. So we got today, next Friday, the Friday after that, and then it's vacation for the editor show. We will be back with you as we get ready to head up to St. Joe. So three more shows until our break, John. Of course, if you like the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, you like the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, you can leave a rating and a review, and we will read it right here on the Editor Show. This one comes in from Christopher. He said he loves the show. Just wanted to say I love all the shows you guys have, and I never miss an episode. Everyone provides great coverage about the Chiefs. All positive. No negatives there, John. So that, that's always a good thing. And he, and he likes Excellent. every show. Usually we get a review that says, I like this show, this shows this, this shows that this guy is a, a complete Christopher is a complete Arrowhead Pride fan. So I, I think we appreciate that. We do. All right. We have uh, an abbreviated show of sorts. Uh, as we mentioned, we were able to react to the practice last week because the viewing occurred on Wednesday. We went on Thursday. 
won't happen until tomorrow. And so we're just going to go around the news, the news roundup uh, about these Chiefs. We had mentioned that phase three of the Chiefs offseason continued on Tuesday. Uh, that was uh, day four. Today is day five, and then we get access tomorrow on day six. There were a number of players that were absent. And so if you check back tomorrow, we will write on the website who was absent last time, who, who might have arrived, number of players. Chris Jones was among them. Chris Jones is not usually a guy who loves voluntary workouts at this stage of his career, but it's just a little bit more interesting right now as you wonder as he heads into the final year of his Second contract, if it has anything to do with, okay, I'm going to work on my deal and make sure I, I don't get injured or, or something or other. But it's it's right now it's hard to read into any absences because there were a couple that you, know, you don't understand why the guys weren't there last, uh, what was last uh, Wednesday in a guy like Jody Fortson who you saw on a video or Jarek McKinnon. So it's just hard to read into absent, not absent right now, John. Yeah, well... Again, like I said last week, it's always possible that somebody's getting their driver's license renewed or or getting a traffic <laughs> ticket, making a court appearance for a traffic ticket or, you know, something pretty, pretty uh, pedestrian, we'll, we'll say something like, that any of us would have to do at one time or another. I would love to be a fly on the wall with Jody and coach Reed and Jody saying, I just had to go to the right town DMV. I mean, I know it was right there, <laughs> but it took longer than usual and I wasn't able to be there for for drills uh well, but speaking of of drills and and day six and otas john for the first time in a while uh, uh tomorrow we will get to hear from matt Nagy, steve mm-hmm. spagnolo and, and dave tobe i think i know what's on your mind but what are you most looking forward to to hearing about well i'll be very interested to hear what uh tobe has to say you know about what? the yeah about the the kickoff changes well there haven't been any big rule changes that would affect uh spagnolo or, or naggy, you know, so that's the, that's the thing that would, would attract my attention, um, uh, tomorrow. Um, I mean, I don't think we're going to learn anything specific about it. Right. I don't think Tobe is going to give us any, uh, great detail about what he plans to do. And he may not even know at this point. Um, I think they'll try some things and, and maybe change the, change up some things after they've tried some things. And, um, it's like any other rule change. You don't know exactly how it's going to play out. And um, uh, there was a returner for one of the teams yesterday said he wasn't going to ever fair catch a, a kick. And I thought, I wonder what your coordinator has to say about that. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. And for Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, who's well connected to essentially say no special teams coordinator in the league likes this. That makes Tobes press conference tomorrow even more interesting uh, because he is not one to hold back even when you're talking about Mm -hmm. the team one thing that we'll do sometimes at training camp i'm sure it'll happen later this summer is we'll ask dave tobe dave who's standing out on special teams and the guy just takes out a paper and lists the six or seven best players on special teams and then we go back and we say okay well maybe this guy can crack the 53-man roster because dave especially likes him it doesn't always work out that way so that goes into that projection game that you play but tobe is usually very forthcoming so I'm, i'm eager also to hear what he has to say about the special teams rule also some of these players that are trying to crack the rosters trying to figure out okay what is this team gonna look like week one we know we're going to get from Steve Spagnolo to me, John, 
want to hear about how he feels. George Karloftis is developing. The Chiefs also have a number of new contributors on defense. Charles Amenahu, uh, they drafted Felix Anaduke Zama. Uh, B.J. Thompson, how do they fit in that mix? Keandre Coburn is uh, another one. You lost Juan Thornhill. What do you see in Brian Cook right now? And then for offense, and I've said a, a number of times over the years here on the editor show, on the number of different media things that I do, huge Eric Bieniemy fan in general, not a huge fan of Eric Bieniemy at the podium, didn't give us a ton about this team. I covered Matt Nagy. I've been here a long time. I covered Matt Nagy when he was the offensive coordinator. He's a little bit more forthcoming mm -hmm. with yeah. offensive nuggets, even more so than certainly than the enemy, but also more so than Andy Reid. So I feel like the window is opening. The sun is um, rising <laughs> for us when it comes to a little bit more offensive insight with this team, John. Well, that's okay with me. Uh, I'm always in favor of getting a little more information out of the coaches. I understand when coaches don't want to tell us anything. I get it. You know, you don't want to uh, give anybody an opportunity to, to figure out what, what you're going to do when you, when you come to their town to play them or when they come to your town to play you. But um, I would sure like to know more about uh, what teams are one, doing. So thing, I, I'm all in favor of it. One specific item I think that I'm curious about what Nagy will say comes to uh, Kadarius Tony. Because mm -hmm. you hear all these rumblings, and it's from several different media members. Lewis Riddick was the first last year. We, we noted that at Arrowhead Pride of calling Kadarius this true number one. Kansas City sees him as his true number one. Uh, you ask Andy Reid that question, he, he's going to hit you with the we'll see. Nagy <laughs> may be a little bit more, again, forthcoming in saying, no, it, we see that in him, and here's why. And mm -hmm. I think it's... It, it makes for more interesting content at, at AP, and that all starts tomorrow. So eager to hear from the coordinators. I believe we'll get some other assistants as well. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who we'll get. No players tomorrow, though. So it'll be Andy Reid and the assistants. If you want to hear those press conferences, you can right here on the Airhead Pride Podcast Network with Steve Serta and from the podium. I, I am happy to say, John, that Steve has made it back from the Colorado wilderness. He is in one piece, and he's... Uh, ready to get from the podium rocking tomorrow. So uh, we look forward to, to hearing that. Speaking of guys that we feel are in one piece, DeAndre Hopkins might be over some of those injury woes. He's looking for a new job. The Arizona Cardinals released DeAndre Hopkins. This is, of course, notable for Kansas City because they've been tied to Hopkins, John, all offseason. And we had said on this podcast, look, uh, we don't see Hopkins trade because of the cap number that came with him. Apparently that had not stopped the chiefs from contacting the Cardinals and talking to them per several reports and accounts. It seems like it's coming from the Hopkins representation side. That being said, no trade ever happened. Apparently the chiefs and those pesky Buffalo bills were involved in trade talks. <laughs> they had spoken to Hopkins representation. What, appears to have happened is Odell Beckham signs with the Baltimore Ravens for what was $15 million guaranteed and Hopkins who actually played last year and has a similar, I think resume to Beckham and, and what he can bring to a, a table. He looks at that and says $15 million. I'm going to take 3 million with 10 up to 10 incentives and, I, I think at that point, talks broke down with both Buffalo and Kansas City. Now, 
you can rip up that contract and he is free. That being said, the Beckham contract still exists. So how does Kansas City, how does Buffalo, who, John, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, two of the lower mm-hmm. available yeah. cap numbers in the league, how do they figure out how to get him on a roster when all the smoke is saying that that these are the, the two teams to, to watch for the services of Hopkins? Well, the short answer is they can't. I mean, they can. I mean, anybody will tell you, oh, the salary cap is just a joke. Anybody who wants to sign any player can figure out a way to make it happen by, you know, making restructures of contracts. Okay, that's true. If the Chiefs really wanted to, they could figure out a clear a way to clear $50 million in cap space. But the Chiefs don't really want to do that, and neither do the Bills, because that that costs over the long term. Right. You know, you got to pay that money eventually. And yeah, there's going to be more cap available next year than there is this year. But if you do enough stuff like that, it's all gone next year. You know, all the additional cap is gone. And you'll still have this huge cap hit for Patrick Mahomes contract uh, for the next, you know, eight or nine years. However, well, maybe just a few years, but perhaps as many as eight or nine years. So you can't really just do whatever to sign whatever player. You have to make a decision on whether this player is worth whatever it is you have to do to create cap space to sign them. And I just don't see Hopkins, who's going to be 31, like in 10 days, if I remember correctly. I don't see how the Chiefs or the Bills are going to do that at this point. When, uh, you know, it's not like... Hopkins could elevate either one of the quarterbacks for these teams. Now, right. if you're, you know, if you're the Raiders or somebody, uh, maybe you think, oh yeah, Hopkins could elevate what we can do on offense. But I don't think Hopkins does that for the Chiefs. I know people will disagree with me, but right. um, it's just a, it's just a question of how badly do you want him, and I don't think the Chiefs or the Bills want him that badly. Well, right now, if you go to our, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, this was as of last night. The Buffalo Bills are favorites at plus 300. Chiefs are next at plus 400. Then it goes Ravens, Jets, Patriots, Chargers. Notable because Hopkins has mentioned the Chargers, the Jets, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Bills, specifically wanting to play with those quarterbacks. It makes more sense for me for it to be the Jets plus 700 or the Cowboys plus 2,500 because they can much more easily make the room. Mm-hmm. But again, you just yeah. keep hearing the Bills and the Chiefs. So it remains something to watch from, I think, two standpoints. It's A, what does Hopkins in this system mean for the rest of the players? Now, I know that we were saying Kadarius Tony's that that number one, which we're interested in hearing Nagy's comments about. Is he the number one anymore? Who gets chopped here i i believe it would be richie james then you're looking at okay now maybe justin watson uh, might be your punt returner again unless you feel like you can trust sky more which i know a lot of fans wouldn't so i think it creates a a a domino effect of what does it mean for the chiefs and i think the other and john you were touching upon this more interesting factor of it is if he comes to the chiefs could say the same thing about the bills but how did they get there to to allow the cap number to to be mm-hmm. okay right. mm-hmm. and is it a case where the chiefs enact more of those special patrick mahomes mechanism things that they don't seem to like want to do right because 
it, it seems to, I think, strap the cap for later down the line. Or is it something where they work something out with Chris Jones and he's here and suddenly there's cap available? So the well, how, as I as yeah. I understand it, it's that they're beyond the window where they can do that easily Mahomes. with Mahomes' contract, yeah. as I understand it, because they did that right on March seventeenth. It's usually which, day three of the new league year, yes. correct? We, yes. yes, I think they have to make that if they're gonna if they're going to change some of his roster bonus to signing bonus. That roster bonus is uh, becomes due on the third day of the league year, which this year was March 17th, uh, St. Patrick's Day, of course. Happy St. Patrick's uh, Day. Yeah, and um, uh, so they had to make the decision about how much of that they were going to convert to signing bonus. And I, lo- I know a lot of – and, yes, they could restructure Mahomes, uh, do a formal restructure and open up some money that way. But the thing that they can do just by signing a piece of paper – uh, has already come and gone for this for this contract year. So Mahomes' contract really isn't a, a simple option at this well, point. And and we know how you you feel about this, John. If they completely ripped it up and restructured and extended and mm-hmm. et cetera, right. then maybe that would would sure. become possible. Sure. Um, maybe more likely for Chris Jones. I I think. I I don't I don't think Chris Jones is going to be in a rush to just sign anything. And so, yeah. I don't know. I wonder about this. Like, maybe the longer it goes is allowing time. Like, is there a handshake possibility of like, look, DeAndre, um, when this thing gets done or what, you know, um, we, you know, we when this thing gets done in, in the sense of Chris Jones and, and us come to an agreement on extension, we're, we're figuring it out next. Like, the longer it goes, maybe there is something that that Kansas city could do once they get through that, that situation. We did see yesterday that Hopkins has signed an agent. I guess he didn't have an agent. He just had a financial advisor before, but now he is with an agency to help him negotiate. I don't Hmm. know. Let's, let's, let's close the conversation here, John, your gut feeling. And I'll give you my gut feel is Hopkins a chief week one. No, I don't think so. That's my gut feeling. And I think it's it's just going to be too hard for the Chiefs to work the money. And I think that we're giving too much play to these interviews where Hopkins is asked who he'd like to play with. And he says, well, Patrick Mahomes. Well, what wide receiver wouldn't say Patrick Mahomes at right. this stage of the game? Uh, and I think we, we're probably giving too much emphasis to that. Now, we've had the report that the Chiefs were talking to him, but I think the Chiefs talk to everybody. I think they turn over all the stones and make some kind of a silly offer and get turned down most of the time. Uh, I don't think it necessarily means anything that the Chiefs were talking to him about a trade. So my my gut feeling is no, he won't be a Chief before the season begins. Yeah, I'm no too. Uh, I guess something could drastically change where the Chiefs suddenly have room, right? If mm-hmm, we get off sure. the podcast today, which it feels like it happens more than, than not. And suddenly there's a new deal for Chris Jones and we're looking at the cap and John's like, yeah, we estimate that it's $10 million. And I was like, uh, God, can we go back on the podcast? But I, I think, no, I, I think it isn't Buffalo or Kansas city. I think it's a team with more cap space and not having to do emergency operation to, to get under. But I, I could be wrong about that. We did make it our flash poll today, John. I know I, I have the flashbulb at the bottom here, but we're going to do it now. I asked our our wonderful Arrowhead Pride readers 
In 2023, DeAndre Hopkins will be playing, and I gave the choices for Buffalo, for Kansas City, or for somebody else. We have votes from 1,300 Chiefs fans. What did the fan base decide when it comes to Hopkins? I think a lot of people still think he's going to come to Kansas City and should come to Kansas City. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say that the that uh, Hopkins to Kansas City was the number one answer. So I would have agreed with you, I think, if I wasn't the one in charge of this, and uh, we both would have been wrong. Most fans <laughs> think he's going to play for somebody else. Fifty-one percent. So really, half the fan well, base okay. uh, is is a realist right now. There are some hopefuls. Thirty-six point nine percent of Kansas Cityans uh, feel that Hopkins will be playing for the Chiefs, and then twelve percent for those evil uh, Central New York Buffalo Bills. Um, so, yeah, I, I think one in every two Chiefs fans, half half of Chiefs fans are are understanding the the cap here. And then you never know. I, I guess thirty-seven percent, one in every three or, or, or so, uh, feel that he will still wind up in Kansas City. Remains to be seen. Uh, this is a subject, uh, and I know that Steve knows this, so I'm not surprising him here, where if you were signing Kansas City, we would have uh, an emergency podcast. So let's look <laughs> out for that uh, right here on the Where, where we would podcast. say, we didn't see this coming. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? Kansas City. Uh, all right. Uh, when we come back, we will continue with our news roundup here about your Kansas City Chiefs. This is the Eric Pride Editor Show. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, a little bit of an abbreviated version of the show today, just considering our media availability for OTAs. Uh, Day six is tomorrow. And so uh, we'll have insight actually from uh, two friends of ours, show i don't know if he i think he lost his his nickname in a uh in a bet with the draft so ron hugley and bk ron and bk on the chiefs coming at you on friday they'll have some reaction from our news notes and nuggets from otas right now for today you get us and we're continuing our show john with uh, an article you picked up espn's bill barnwell really respected in this industry he ranks the chiefs among the teams with the best off seasons what were your key takeaways from this article Yeah, I thought this was an interesting article. Often we see national analysts be completely uninformed about the Chiefs and and make very bizarre um, predictions or assumptions about what the Chiefs are doing. But this one was more on track than I think a lot of them are. He had the Chiefs ranked seven in their offseason acquisitions and roster moves. 
which I think is pretty fair. I mean, the, the, the teams that get the big splashy signings in free agency in the draft are the ones that, that get ranked at the tops of these lists. And the Chiefs didn't really do anything that was super flashy this year, but they did. Uh, as we noted after the draft and after the, the first part of free agency, they did go after the places where they needed help and stayed pretty disciplined with that. And I think this review from Barnwell uh, makes that point that uh, they got better at offensive t- uh, offensive tackle, which they needed to do. Um, they uh, made some moves on the defensive line, which they needed to do. I didn't agree with his idea that they should go out and and, uh, get some free agent cornerbacks. I think they've got plenty of cornerbacks at this point. That'd be the one place where I'd say they don't need additional depth. But it was really a pretty good take on uh, on how uh, the Chiefs offseason was. And seven-tenths of our readers thought the ranking was just right, or whatever that's worth. There are two writers that are national that I really respect uh, because um, I'm always impressed with how much they – are nailing the chief situation when they're covering 32 teams, right? I think there are sometimes, John, where you and I get things wrong and we're covering this one team. Barnwell right. is one of them and R- Greg Rosenthal is the other. I feel like they're very good, even though they're covering 32 different camps and, and whatnot. Uh, I do feel like you nailed it with your reaction in this. I, I think the chiefs needed to go out and get better at tackle. Uh, and and that's that's something we're about to talk about in a second here, but they did. They did. The tackles were Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley. Let's assume and, and give Brett Feach the benefit of the doubt, which he deserves, that Donovan Smith is healthy and is more like the 2021 version. 2021 Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor at right tackle, his normal position, are a better combination than Orlando mm. Brown and Andrew Wiley. And it is impossible to argue with that. And so to me, well, some I, people would anyway, but <laughs> and they are members of the Cincinnati mayor's office, I think. Um <laughs> But no, to me, he, he did a good job, uh, I think, evaluating this. And, and I, I also agree with your critique of it. The cornerback room is, is very low-key loaded right now for Kansas City. I know that there are not a lot of national names involved, but Jalen Watson, seventh rounder, he's developing into a really reliable corner. Jarius Snead, Trent McDuffie was outstanding last year. Then you get you know beyond that where you have Joshua Williams, you have Nazi Johnson. Nick Jones has turned my head in OTAs. I know that it's just OTAs, but yeah, it's just OTAs and Jones should be getting burnt. I mean, this is a passing camp, but the advantage is from the offensive perspective because you're not able to bump and grind, as they say. Physicality sure. is not uh, an option um, in these camps. And I think Nick Jones has showed um, that he's holding his own. Sure. So you're about six or seven deep. We're not even talking about uh, Anthony Witherstone, uh, who is another guy, you know, in rookie camp and, and this camp who is, has turned my head. The Chiefs have a Lamar Jackson in camp. Uh, not that Lamar Jackson, but this one has <laughs> game day experience. DiCaprio Boodle is still in the mix. Shamari Connor, who was a draft pick for them this year, is a little bit of a versatile type of guy. I know that he's going to be more of a safety, but it's just another guy in that mix, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're deep there. I I would go in the, more the, the direction of they, they need a veteran pass rusher, uh, which I, I still tend to think, you know, I know we were just talking about how tight the cap is right now, but I still tend to think happens, be it Dunlap or somebody else uh, later on this summer. So good, good eval from, from uh, Bill Barnwell. We mentioned the flash poll about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, 71% of readers, and this was from a thousand votes, uh, agreed that his ranking was just right, John. So, 
a good job by by Bill. We complain a lot about national analysts, so it's good to say good job to one of them. <laughs> John, we talked about the mayor's office. How about uh, the locker room in Cincinnati with wide receiver Tyler Boyd, who, to my knowledge, is because I, I do play fantasy football and enjoy it. I, I don't recall Tyler Boyd ever being that chirpy, but if you are a Bengal, then you you do have the, how the Bengals do, right? You you start chirping, and he had two points this this week with media in Cincinnati. One, the Orlando Brown Jr. signing one upped the Chiefs. He he said we one upped y'all, and two, the Bengals would have won the AFC Championship had he been healthy. Your reaction, John, to uh, these comments from Boyd? Well, I guess. If I were a Bengals fan, if I if I uh, was a Houday guy, as they would say, uh, writing on the Bengals SB Nation side, I, I might I might have that attitude that uh, oh we got this this player for the Chiefs and this is going to be great blah blah blah. But they're paying him less money than we would have, and you could see that as a good deal. But I see that as a guy who wasn't as worth as much as he thought he was. And I think it's fair to say he'll be uh, an improvement for them, but the Chiefs are also improving. And um, so I really think the Chiefs got the better end of this deal. But, you know, I'm sure I'd feel differently if I uh, wore orange and black instead. I have two very uh, distinct takes on this. One I, I think people will agree with on our, our show. One maybe they won't. Okay, first... <laughs> Someone has to explain to Mr. Boyd what a one-upping is. If you're looking for a one-upping <laughs> that happened to the Chiefs, it was in New England where they still wanted to retain Juju Smith-Schuster and the Patriots decided to pay more. That is what a one-upping right. is. Not, right. look, you're looking for too much money, man. Some people think you're not even a left tackle. Go explore. By the way, we already signed a guy that we feel like could take your spot in Jawan Taylor. <laughs> Then you start talking to Cincinnati. Then you sign with them. And you mention that you get to play the Chiefs in the playoffs. That's not a one-upping. That is now Brown trying to one-up the Chiefs in, in a weird way. So that is incorrect. Now, the second point, if you're really trying to take any kind of bias out of it, the Chiefs won that AFC title game. It really could have went either way. It, the Chiefs won by three sure. points. Sure. Now. If Tyler Boyd is is healthy and in in that game, does he tip the scale? I don't know, but it it came down to a very 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 close margin. Either way, you can't say that, right? Like I think that second point is more valid, but at the same time, it when you lose, even if you didn't play, you can't say that you would have won. You just don't know, and so both of these are are silly and. And the final point here is like the Bengals, when they were able to beat the Chiefs in the AFC title, they didn't finish the job. And for better or for worse in American sports, talk to the speaking of the Patriots, talk to them in the early 2010s or whatever. Doesn't matter how many games you win. If you don't end up winning the championship, the Bengals act as if they won the Super Bowl after beating the Chiefs. And I I thought it might end after last year with the Chiefs beating them. And then the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, but it has not stopped Cincinnati. And I think this is one of, like, again, low key under the radar. I think this is turning into one of the better rivalries in sport. And not, not at all because of the Chiefs and Andy Reid, because Andy Reid is like, we are not, we are not chirping. He, he shut that yeah. down with Justin Reid. 
I don't expect any retaliation from the Chiefs side, but that just never seems to stop the Cincinnati side, John. Yeah, it's becoming more and more like a, a Raiders rivalry, isn't it? Except for uh, we don't have players uh, for Cincinnati who are, you know, trying to settle things on the field with Chiefs players. Thankfully, we have not seen that uh, so far. Um, but, you know, that kind of thing could always happen once a, a rivalry like this gets going. Uh, it certainly did with the Raiders, and we're still talking about it now, you know, 30 years after it all, after the the height of it, you know. Um, so, yeah, this is this has the seeds for uh, a pretty intense rivalry. I don't know if it'll play out that way with Andy Reid as the head coach of the Chiefs. You know, a guy like Marty Schottenheimer, for example, would be all about that. You know, he was he was strutting around all week bellowing Raider week when <laughs> during the height of that rivalry. But I don't see Andy Reid doing that. So from the Chiefs' side, it'll be a little more toned down, I think. But certainly the Bengals seem to be doing whatever they can to to ramp it up at this point. The Chiefs have found workarounds, though. I mean, they they have. Going into that AFC title game, I think like Chris Jones, who knows how to play for Andy <laughs> Reid at this point, he didn't really come out and say anything, but he made sure to mention Burrowhead three times in his closing press conference, <laughs> right? It's a very subtle, like, we hear you. And then after you find out they were talking about this a lot in the locker room. Travis Kelsey, the first thing that he he says after winning the AFC title, which is very hard to do. It's not like this is so exciting for us. It's that Cincinnati mayor is a jabroni and he should shut his mouth. And so <laughs> you may not be hearing it from the Kansas City side before the game, but it is heard. And I, I think that's a, a cool part. And I, I, man, I say it all the time. I, I just think it's more fun when you have storylines like this. And so Cincinnati wants to keep talking. Let them keep talking. We know the, the Chiefs will not be retaliating except for on the field. Uh, speaking of the field and, and moving on to another type of playing field, it's a, a golf match between Kansas City's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. They'll take on Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, the Splash Brothers of the Golden State Warriors in the match, which will happen June 29th on TNT. And uh, he was interviewed by the inside the NBA crew, uh, Mahomes was, and he was asked about his connection with Travis Kelsey. And speaking of, of topics that we never stop talking about, it's this connection between these two guys. But here's what he said. I think you've seen the kind of similar thing with Steph and Clay. I think it's just the chemistry we have in the field. I know where he's going to be at. If you drew Travis's routes during a game, you'd have no idea what to call it. And here's where it gets interesting. And here's where it was a little different. This is why I wanted to bring it up. Mahomes says, Travis just goes out there and plays football. I think just me having that chemistry and knowing where he's going to be at, I can try to get to him as fast as possible. Having Coach Reed and having these great players around me, it's made it easy for me, and we've been able to win Super Bowls. I'm going to keep Trav around. We're going to try to win as many uh, as possible before we're all done, and we can kind of hang, hang them uh, up there. And so he continues with, with how Kelsey um, appears to be open, and he jokes and – Look, there's always a little bit of truth and humor, but he goes, it's because Kelsey never runs the actual route that Coach Reed calls. We just let <laughs> Travis do whatever he wants out there. He's good enough to not get in trouble. I think that's how he's been his whole life. He can just get by using his athleticism and not get in trouble. That's Travis for you. Luckily for me, he's on my football team, and I can throw him the football. I know we've like hinted at this in years past, but this is like a very clear indication that Travis, I think... I think Coach Reed allows him to run to a spot. 
like a general bubble, you know, and I know that there are option routes where you can go one way or another, but I, I think it's even more extreme with Kelsey where it's like, just like find the pocket. And we know that Mahomes is going to look up and find you. And when you're doing stuff like that, like you're freelancing that much, of course it makes sense that Travis and became popular last year is always open because if you can't, see where he's going to be at on film and he's just reacting to where and what spot you're defending especially in like when you're playing zone how do you stop that you can't you can't and you can't even study it to to an extent john it's amazing to me how many times during a football game you're able to say how can they not cover travis kelsey how can he be so open and i think this quote gives you some of the answer for that and it's not only that he is allowed to freelance or effectively does freelance whether he's allowed to or not um is that mahomes can anticipate where he's going while he's ad-libbing they've apparently established some kind of sixth sense or something between them which allows mahomes to uh anticipate where kelsey's going to go and throw the ball that way and and it often results in a in a big play it's it's amazing to watch especially for a, a, a player uh, and and perhaps this is why for a player as mature as Kelsey is, perhaps that's part of the reason why he's able to do this so well is because he has so much experience. And of course, you know, Patrick now has five years in the league as a starter and that, and that counts for something as well, especially with it when he's playing uh, with a receiver like Kelsey, who uh, can think like a quarterback and uh, has the vision to figure this stuff out on the field. It's, it's just, it's incredible to me. Uh, how effective the two of them are. This version of the match, I know that Mahomes has been on before. It should be pretty interesting. I I wasn't in love with the fact that for AP, we had to cover the match the last time around when it was Mahomes and Josh Allen against mm-hmm. yeah. Kelsey and Rodgers. But it ended up being, I think, uh, a pretty good look into Mahomes' personality. I, I think he has managed now at, at this stage of his career and, and his growth into a superstar to not be so nervous around the cameras and you really get to see his personality. And I, I think Travis will open that up as well. And hopefully all four of these guys will be more talkative than Aaron Rodgers. I don't know who decided to put Aaron <laughs> Rodgers on the match, but he barely said anything. He was just so locked into making sure that he and, and Brady won and they were able to edge Mahomes and, and Allen. And so this I think should be more fun. And that again, that's coming at the end of the month on June 29th. I'm sure we'll have some stuff on uh, Arrowhead pride. We'll close here today on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. This was an article by you, John, something that you noticed under reading Mahomes to the Chiefs that have easily been the league's best team. Yeah, it depends a little bit on on how you uh, figure the the wins and losses. But if you look at it for the last 10 years, during the time that Andy Reid has been the the coach of the Chiefs, um, the Chiefs have really been at the top of the standings or almost at the top of the standings, just about any one of you slice it. And when you look at it over the last five years since Mahomes has uh, been the starting quarterback, the, the Chiefs have been dominant uh, in one loss record during that time. Now, part of that, of course, is because the Patriots aren't providing as much competition as they did during the first five years of this decade that we were looking at. But um, part of it is also that the Chiefs have just gotten so darn good. Um, if you break down that, you know, I'm not going to read off all these percentages, these four digit percentages, because you'll have trouble following them, but I encourage (laughs) you to look at the article where they're all on table form and they're fairly easy to follow. 
But if you break these this final ranking down and look at it as if they were letter grades, break them into tiers, uh, the Chiefs would have an A grade, while the next best grade would be a B minus. I mean, it's a substantial difference. It's the Chiefs and then everybody else in the league. And um, that's amazing, frankly. Um, I One of the commenters to the article said, oh, big news, the grass is green. Well, yeah, that's exactly the news. <laughs> the grass is green even after you climb over the fence. The grass is still green. And that's exactly the news we're talking about. Yeah. And thank God comments might be embeddable soon because we can turn that into a whole post, John, what the <laughs> grass is green. Some inside, some inside site baseball for you. Uh, we may have an embeddable comments soon. So who knows? Maybe if you're a commenter on Arrowhead Pride, we'll, we'll make an entire post at, of it. But that is for another day, just like the Arrowhead Pride editor show is for another day. As a reminder, our schedule will be Friday next week, Friday the week after. Then we will be taking our break. Keep it locked in at arrowheadpride.com for all of your OTA updates and news and chatter about DeAndre Hopkins and Tyler Boyd. We'll keep you updated here. What is what has been a very interesting offseason for the defending champs. If you like the Airhead Pride Podcast Network, you can leave a rating and a review as we did at the top of the show. We'll read your review right here on the Airhead Pride Editor Show. Keep it locked in on the Airhead Pride Podcast Network for show and BK coming up on Friday for all those rumblings out of OTAs. If you want to remember the 2022 championship season, my book link is at my Twitter, twitter.com slash pgsween. That is a dynasty begins. So thank you to Steve Serta. Thank you to John for this abbreviated edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.